During Dell TechFest, score game-changing innovations with limited-time deals on select next-gen Alienware gaming tech. New dimensions await with advanced gaming systems like the Alienware M18 laptop powered by an Intel Core i9 processor featuring awe-inspiring visuals, liquid cooling, three-dimensional audio with Dolby Atmos, and impressive overclocking potential. Plus, build your dream setup with great deals on select gaming monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at Alienware.com deals, you'll have access to leading-edge gaming technology to conquer the competition and free shipping on everything. Amazing prices await you for a limited time only at Alienware.com deals. That's Alienware.com deals. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Monday, January 16th, 2023. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside Spawn on Me's Khalif Adams. What up? How you doing? You it's, doing well? I'm doing... Why are you so understood? I'm great. How are you? I haven't seen you in forever. You're here in the spare bedroom for the first time. You're wearing a dope salmon shirt. I'm a big, a big fan. I, I, I wanted to look cute for you. I want to look cute for the studio. This is nuts. Yeah. I, I got to say before we start... I am infinitely proud of y'all. Oh, this please. is so nuts to be able to see all the things you had talked about kind of come to fruition, and, and now this be this kind of glorious, splendorific thing. This Thank is you. really, really dope to be able Thank to you, see. Thank you, man. And to be here. I'm excited to be here. Thank Bye. you. We're excited to have you. Khalif, if people don't know you, who are you? I am Khalif Adams. I am the preeminent bald man that you've seen in video games <laughs> for a very One long One of time. Paris's many rivals. Oh, God, that guy. Kaka Beware is still coming for you. I don't care what anybody else says. Uh, I run a show called Spawn on Me. We have been now running that show. This is our 10th year of doing Spawn on Me, which is nuts to say That's out That's insane. Wow. It's That's wild. insane. Remember when I was like, like a baby in the, in the spot? Yeah. I was like, yeah, Greg yeah. Miller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hello. GDC's like, who's this kid? Get yeah, I got elbowed in the neck. I got things to do. I got to get out of here. Like, <laughs> got elbowed in the neck. He's like, get out of here, dude. Uh, but yeah, we, we run our show. It's kind of what I like to call the, the, the best place you can find conversations around uh, video games through a prism of blackness uh, and through a space to learn about underrepresented people in the video game industry. Fantastic. Yeah. And you do an award show. Yes, we're doing an award show January 30th, 6 p.m. PST, twitch.tv slash Spawn on Me. We'll be doing our second annual Spawnies. Can't wait. Nuts to be able to say that out loud, too. It's see, I think you oh, yeah, this is such an accomplishment in the studio, but you, man, you keep succeeding. You keep doing all this. I got, I got Tara Bruno chasing me down with emails <laughs> about you. That's how you know you're big time. <laughs> Shout out to Tara and the rest of the crew. Yeah, it's cool. Like, again, I think the thing that we're trying to do is to fill a gap, right? We're trying to figure out a way to showcase devs in a really great way, especially folks from underrepresented spaces and, and figuring out how to kind of build in that extra layer of heart and fun and, and, and culture that, that might not be in all the other game award shows you might get a chance to see. Well, I love it, and I'm happy to have you here to collaborate. Yeah. Uh, ladies yeah. and gentlemen, we'll be collaborating on telling you all about the Silent Hill producer looking for more pitches beyond good and evil 2 still somehow being in development and more because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday on a variety of platforms, we run you through the nerdy video game news you need to know about. If you like that, be part of the show for free at kindoffunny.com slash KFGD with your questions, comments, concerns about the day's news. Of course, if you want to watch us record the show live, you can get it on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames and youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames. If you're watching live, you have a special job. Keep us honest and correct. Go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If we screw up tell us what we screw up and we'll correct it here on the show so everyone can get those corrections later when they're watching on youtube.com slash kind of funny games or listening on podcast services around the globe however 
None of that really matters. Because if you love this show and you love us creating it, you love supporting us in the spare bedroom, you'd be going to patreon.com slash kindoffunny. On patreon.com slash kindoffunny, of course, you can get each and every episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily ad-free. You can get it over there. You can get live access to every podcast we record, including the Kind of Funny podcast this afternoon when Poe will be on. You could be watching it ad-free there. You could be watching it live. You could get 38 episodes of bonus exclusive content each and every month, all on patreon.com slash kind of funny. Doesn't matter if you can't hang out forever. Every buck counts and helps us out, so we hope you do. Of course, if you want another way to go, none of that's to support us and none of that is helpful to you. What about the Epic Game Creator Code, kind of funny, when you're playing Fortnite, Rocket League, anything, or buying on the Epic Game Store, you can use the Creator Code, kind of funny, and we get some bucks. Cost you no more bucks. That's just a good deal. Yeah. Alan says, I try to help them when I can. Thank you, Alan. That's what I'm looking for. <laughs> support, support. Housekeeping for you, our Last of Us HBO episode one review is up right now on YouTube.com slash kind of funny. Of course, ladies and gentlemen, we will be doing live reactions to each and every episode of The Last of Us HBO live, like I said, YouTube.com slash kind of funny each and every morning at 9 a.m. Pacific every Monday. Uh, of course, you get that on podcasts or YouTube.com slash kind of funny if you don't catch it live. Ka, did you watch? I did. I watched it last night in the hotel. I was riveted. What'd you think? It was really good. It was really, really good. I think the, the interesting part about all of that is like having played that game multiple times at this yeah, yeah, point yeah. over multiple years, it is really cool to see how they've added and sprinkled other p- pieces in to kind of you know broaden yeah. out the story. Yeah. But also it's just like that crew has nailed all the small bits yep. of just like inflection and voice and tone in a way that... I wasn't expecting that. Like, you don't get the full drawl yeah, that you get. Yeah, but there's hints of it for but sure. But there's hints in yeah, there, yeah, which yeah. is super dope and really cool. Like, I love the fact that you kind of build that out. And then when you see little sprinklings of things, you hear things, you're just like, oh, that's coming. Oh, yep, 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 that yep, feels. Yep. And then just like the way they've mashed up like small parts of the live action parts with little bits of CG here and there. To yeah. Like, I'm not going to say anything, but like yeah, well, no there, spoilers, were parts, no spoilers, don't worry. there were parts in there that was like, that really added a layer to the whole production that was something I didn't expect, but it really brought it brought it home. It was really yeah, good. Yeah, you know, the morning after, my big takeaway from it is I think it's so cool to see the story expanded. Yeah. Because right? it is that idea of the game always had us right behind Joel. We were Joel. Let's go and do what's Joel's perspective. So yeah. to be able to jump out and see the other characters and what happens to them before, after, during, they've met Joel. But, like, what's going on with their headspace is really cool. Yeah, and it's also, like, I, I, I wasn't able at, at first to kind of disconnect Troy of course. and Ashley from those characters but now seeing these other folks pull in to the universe and then embody those folks it it also feels very very different like i I was talking about it last night was one i'd love to see this and watch it with people who haven't played before sure to see how they kind of come to it uh and also folks who who haven't played it but are now going to see this as the first version of it for themselves sure and see how they if they do go and play it what correlations and connections do they find to the to the story? And when they see those moments that were, you know, one-to-one, how do they kind of in, ingest that stuff and look at it? I won't go down the route of, oh, my God, it's the first great video adaptation or that stuff, right? <laughs> it blah, is. Blah, blah, it's the blah. first one, Greg. It's the oh, only one. Sonic! I mean, that's actually a big issue. <laughs> but what I do think makes this one feel so special uh, in terms of uh, Troy, Ashley, every, is the fact that they're involved. Yeah. Naughty Dog is involved. Neil is the guy for this with Craig, right? Like, this feels like an extension of it. It doesn't feel like some Hollywood people came in and were like, all right, yeah, we yeah, get yeah. it. Let's make this into a thing similar to an Uncharted movie. Yeah, <laughs> Where it's like, yeah. all right, well, whatever. It know. was really interesting. I had gotten a chance to, to, to hang out with Neil some months ago. They were doing their whiskey thing, their whiskey event thing okay. that they were doing. 
And um, we had a, a moment to talk about just like how he was kind of, in, you know, engaging with it and being a part of it. And he had a twinkle. And it was cool to see him as a person who had been doing this work for so long. For sure. Having that twinkle again of saying, this is going to be something different and special. Yeah. And I didn't yeah, buy yeah. it. I didn't, I didn't fully buy it, right? Yeah. I was like, this is going to be an adaptation of a thing and we see it and then they're going to do the thing. Yeah. And watching it last night, it is special. It, it feels very different in that way, but also very familiar, which is which is super cool. 100%. Yeah. Uh, of course, like I said, you can get a much longer spoiler-filled at the end, not the beginning, uh, reaction to the last <laughs> of his episode one over on YouTube.com slash funny, and, of course, on the Screencast podcast services, no matter where you get your screencasts. But, of course... You probably want to go to YouTube because I brought my dog on the show for the first time. Uh, today, the kind of football, uh, the kind of funny football league returns. The playoffs are here, and Game One will feature a quarterback duel between Phil Spencer's Seahawks and Andrea Renee's Vikings. In Game Two, your kind of funny 49ers are taking on Gary Witta, Witta Paris Lilly, and the Buccaneers. I can't say this for some reason. <laughs> Tune in for the first round action. The playoffs are here, baby. Get with the program, you fucking loser. <laughs> That's what Andy wrote us. The housekeeping for now. Keep in mind, <laughs> Andy said all of that and said nothing about you can watch it on YouTube.com slash kind of funny games or twitch.tv slash kind of funny games live, YouTube.com slash kind of funny games later. Instead, he said, get with the program, you fucking loser. Here's the funny thing, too. I watched the recap that he did the other day, yeah. which was fantastic. You know, yeah, Matt Batson. Matt Batson. Matt Batson. Yeah. Just amazing. So, I love you, Matt. Matt. Matt, love to Matt. The funny thing was no Jets at all in any of this. I was sad. Yeah. I was depressed. I mean, he simulates the games. He can't, you know, he can't be there to orchestrate it to make it happen. Garbage. Trash baggedness. Sorry that happened to you. Sorry Damn that happened J-E-T-S, to you. J-E-T-S, yes, yes, Jets. Next year, we got it. Giants, hopefully they'll win, to the, uh, win next week. Uh, so, yeah, Kind of Funny Football League right after this, YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games, Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games, and of course, Kind of funny games on YouTube later. Uh, <laughs> thank you to our Patreon producer, Delaney Twining. Today, we're brought to you by the Kind of Funny Patreon, specifically the Next Gen Podcast. We'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin the show with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. <laughs> Time for some news. Seven items on the Roper Report. A baker's dozen. Your mic sounds great there, Kev. Damn. That you know? sounded really awesome. Yeah. Voice of God stuff. Right yeah. There. Well, that's, what, that's where the money went. You know what I mean? Right up there. Justin to Kevin's mic. <laughs> Number one. Beyond Good and Evil 2 is still somehow in development, claims Ubisoft. This is Tom Phillips at Eurogamer. The long-awaited but still nebulous Beyond Good and Evil 2 remains in development at Ubisoft despite last week's round of game cancelizations. Three unannounced Ubisoft games were canned last week on top of four ditched last July. That's seven. Uh, these latest cancelizations... That was me editorializing. Just make sure you're all keeping up at home or driving the car. I'm, I'm rocking. Uh, these latest cancelizations uh, follow around of poor financial results and concern over the company's future portfolio, something which has also battered Ubisoft's stock price. Ubisoft's statement on the matter admitted it would continue on with, quote, increased cautiousness over the coming years, end quote, as the game industry shifts towards mega brands and long-lasting titles, something which raised questions as to where Beyond Good and Evil 2 fitted in. However, Ubisoft has now assured Eurogamer that the long-awaited space-faring adventure sequel remains safe for now. Quote, Beyond Good and Evil 2's development is underway and the team is hard at work to deliver on its ambitious promise, a Ubisoft spokesperson told me today. Beyond Good and Evil 2 holds the record for the longest development period for a major video game. <laughs> Having originally been announced more than 15 years ago, it has repeatedly slipped in and out of active development ever since. 
At E3 2017, a fresh CGI trailer for the little, or I'm sorry, for the title trumpeted a new phase of development with semi-regular updates from the game's creator, uh, and I believe it's a uh, Michelle, right? Yep. Uh, Ansel, uh, over the next year. Ubisoft recommitted to the project again when Ansel left the company in 2020, despite questions over the state the game had been left in. Now, two and a half years later, Ubisoft has again gone quiet on the project, even if it appears safe from the chopping block for the time being. The last public update on its development came in August last year as former Blizzard narrative designer Sarah Arlandro uh, joined the project as its lead writer. Ka. <laughs> I have an MLK joke for this. Hit me with it. I'm trying to figure out what will come first, Beyond Good and Evil 2 or Reparation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, I mean, at this point, I gotta vote reparations. <laughs> if I'm being honest, I gotta vote reparations. <laughs> at this point, <laughs> that game has been fridged <laughs> so many times. It's just point. come on, like, and, and it's like, I mean, I feel like this is one of those the writings on the wall. Yeah. First off, of course, that this has been vaporware forever and ever and ever. Right. Then the creator leaves, who's probably the most motivated to make it happen. Right. And then now Ubisoft is in this period of. Well, what are we going to do? What, you know what yeah. I mean? We got to tighten our belts. You know, uh, all last week on Games Daily, we talked about Yves Gilman and, of course, the stuff here with the mega titles and mega brands and long lasting titles. But then his employee memo that was, hey, it's up to you guys. We look to you to fix this and yada, yada, yada. And I'm generalizing oh, what it was. Like. Oh, look you. at this delivery. Look You're at an this amazing delivery. human being. Oh, my God. I love you, Snowball. He's Mike. great. Snowball Mike's so great. Good. Wears a lot of shorts, you know? I, yo, I, ro I rock with it. As a person who runs hot, like, I yeah, appreciate it. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. But it's like if you're tightening the belt, yeah, and you're trying to make Ubisoft as financially successful as possible, yes, Beyond Good and Evil Two ain't the move. <laughs> I mean, look, the real the real answer to all of Ubisoft's answers is bring out a Splinter Cell game, and you win you win the entire thing. You win the internet. You win some of the folks who who are, who are not on your side right now to be able to kind of come back and say, yes, we know Assassin's Creed is the jam, and we were excited about that stuff. But they've had a couple of games that have already kind of pushed themselves out of the space yeah and were interesting kind of ideas hyperscape was an interesting idea that just didn't land didn't well supported. Yeah, yeah, yeah. um and and assassin's creed is always going to be a win for for that kind of conversation but the thing that everybody wants is splinter cell if you can put that into the market no one will care about it'll actually give you more time to rethink about how you want to bring that back out to market you'll have ridiculous amounts of funds you can kind of spend towards it yeah and then you have the goodwill that you can kind of pull in to say, look, we know we didn't pull this across the finish line. We didn't even get it to the starting gate in a real way. We are now have the ammunition to be able to do this in a way that we kind of foresaw and the way that we talked about it, which was this huge grand scope kind of thing that is not going to be here until God knows when. I have hair before <laughs> Beyond Good and Evil comes back at this point. So You know, to recap, I think so many of the bullet points off of last week's yeah. conversation about this, right? Yeah. It is the idea that at some point, you talk about foreseeing, right? Right, right, right. right. At some point, Ubisoft really stopped foreseeing. Yeah. They became, hey, we're going to chase trends. Yeah. And that's what you see with Hyperscape. Yep. That's what you see with a couple other things. The, the NFTs, they tried to get yep. into Rainbow Six, right? It was very much like, hey, we're not going to be at the forefront of this. We're going to do this. Benjamin Miller making his <gasps> appearance here on set as well. Hello. Hi, Benny. What are you doing here, Benny? How was swim class? What are you doing? Who's a cutie? I still can't believe Ben is walking. I, you're, you can't believe he's talking too. <laughs> what? Like he'll wake up and it's up, up, up. And I'm like, oh, okay. Benny, what are you doing? Adorable. You want to come over here? 
Everybody, my my fifteen month old son is making a walk on this set here. I Hi, Benny. Oh, what's up, God. buddy? Hi, Jen. How are you? Welcome to Games you. Daily, Ben. This is where we talk about the nerdy news you need to know about. Yeah. Ah, Kyle, you narrate. <laughs> so while we're talking about <laughs> Ubisoft again, I think I think it's one of those conversations that we're still trying to figure out. That's ridiculously cute. Look at the smooshing. Look at the smooshing that's happening. I'm gonna do play by play. Greg Miller's going in for the smoosh. He's going in for the belly. He's going in for the tum-tum. The tum-tum has been touched and kissed on. Oh, my God. You can grab the microphone, okay? And then we'll do it there. Adorbs. Mm-hmm. How you doing? Can you say Poe? Don't bite it. Don't bite it. <laughs> Apple? Apple? Oh, don't grab the power out. <laughs> Daddy didn't charge his computer before the show like he tried to. It just didn't work. <laughs> Daddy's a clown. No, it's the fact that Ubisoft hasn't been in the forefront for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, uh, and I think that, you know, it's funny that you look at Yves last week talking about Mega Brands <laughs> and long-lasting titles as if they haven't chased that before. And if that, that, that's not going to be what they do now. Where yeah. it's going to be, they have a Star Wars game coming. Yeah. They have Assassin's Creed. They have Splinter Cell. And they have Rainbow Six, right? They have Splinter go back to Mommy? <laughs> <laughs> All right, hold on. Hold on. I'm one man, Jen. I can't do it. <laughs> uh, yeah, and so they're clearly that's what they're going to do. They're going right. to double back to this and go to their biggest brands, which again is why I think Beyond Good and Evil Two. I'm not. I'm not counting your chickens before you hash that that one's sticking around. That you, you still have a job working on that game right now. I don't. I don't. I don't believe Ubisoft's gonna believe in you and stick around. What are you doing? Hey, you can't. Oh, you're not ruining the show. Trust me. The no. audience loves it, and they, they can go read. They can go read IGN.com if they want to just a straight news. I don't, news I don't think anybody's really hyped for the Beyond Good and Evil <laughs> layer of that. But like, but it doesn't even do have that. the cultural relevance in that same way. No, I, and that's why it won't last. That's why it won't stick around. You want to talk about cultural relevance? Yeah. You want to talk about dropping the ball and not seeing an opportunity? Let alone, you were the studio to do this, right? They put out a little game. Konami does uh-huh. called Metal Gear Solid Five, right? They chase away the creator, who's this brilliant man, Hideo Kojima, that Hideo no one's Kojima. heard of ever since. He's my best friend. And you're going to tell me at no point Ubisoft's like, oh, man, we make open world games too. Oh, man, Metal Gear Solid Five was this amazing open world stealth game. If only we had a stealth franchise to fill the gap now, to take the baton, but... Metal Gear's done. Stealth espionage is dead. It's over. Like, why didn't they do Splinter Cell right then? Why didn't they completely ape? <laughs> you're not original. Completely ape it. Do the Assassin's Creed open world kind of stuff you're known for, but make it, and they didn't do it. And now again, they're left, as you mentioned earlier, like out, not even at the starting line. They're no. so far behind on all of this. Imagine a Mercs versus Spies game right now. <sighs> think about, again, like I think there are, especially now we're seeing this interesting conversation that happens even if you pull in the COD DMZ mm-hmm. uh, call a, a Warzone layer of it right now, what's the one of the biggest draws for that game is the proximity chat. Yeah. That's a huge part of that game. Memes across the internet for far and wide. You can see people talking about that. People are playing that game. It's the first time I've seen people use open chat in a decade because of that game. Mercs and Spies, that was a huge part of what that game used 100%. to be. 100%. And they are just not really doing the work of thinking about what the, the vibe of the space is. I think Division was, was and continues to be a really fun game that is interesting, still getting a lot of different versions of support. 
But it's but, never but been it's, what they wanted. But it's it to be. Never I love Division Two. You know that, yeah. And we yeah. played all the time. But even when they, you know, when they dropped that season pass and they switched over their XP, that was like when they're like, "Oh man, these are better numbers than we did at launch." And right. Like, oh, that's not great. That's yeah. not a good thing to announce. You know what right. I mean? But to your point of like. Hey, let's let's make hyperscape. Let's put something out there. Let's right. do the roller game that I don't remember the name of. Uh, it doesn't matter though for the argument, right? Yeah, like I understand that maybe I'm part of the problem, or maybe I'm just too in the we- the news every day. But as Ubisoft wakes up to, oh man, people want mega brands and long lasting titles. Can you? And you're talking about Call of Duty. You're talking about Warzone. You're talking about an ongoing world to exist in. What if there was a Spies versus Mercs free to play? online game that you go and you microtransaction the shit out of for not wit- play to win but just costumes you know what i mean like yeah, come yeah. on like this would have been so, it seems so easy it, when you have this toolbox it feels like there are just a lot of easy wins to be found and they are looking over them for something else that's not there yeah and and think, you hope this is the come to jesus bring you back down to earth moment we're like no no if you want to be successful this is what you got to do but here's the other layer of that right and you talked about it last week which, which, which is that conversation about the mega brands and where things are and the kind of financial layers of all that stuff I think the other part of that is we are now in a space where everyone is not big enough to fail, like too big to fail. Of course. And that's yeah. the other yeah, layer yeah. of that conversation where you're like, look, in an in a industry that is very, very risk averse, we have gotten even more risk averse in that way. Oh, my God. He's like, walk with me, daddy. I'm not wireless. I can't walk with you, man. <laughs> <laughs> Let me levitate. Um, but I think that that's a part of that conversation, too, where I think Ubi as a company has said, we lost almost, we lost half a bil- billion dollars. Yeah. We can't afford to lose more money on IPs that aren't really in that space. But we also have stuff that we can lean on that everyone has been asking for. I just don't understand that kind of logic to, to kind of get to that space. There must be some risk in there that they've done the math and said, maybe Splinter Cell is also out of the cultural relevance layer too, enough that it's just not there. But the energy in the room has been saying it is there and people and want And that's it. the thing, right, is it's an energy in the room with gamers. And when you can get, and I know that, you know, when I'm talking about hardcore gamers, I'm talking about me, I'm talking about you, I'm yeah. talking about you listening or watching the show, yeah. that I think when you can get in there and get those people in, that's when you're able to then have them evangelize it and go out and be like, oh, you're not playing this? You should come play this free-to-play Splinter Cell. Yeah. You should come do this other thing we're getting into and being a part of. I like I liked earlier when they cut to the one, the shot of you and you saw the hat go by like a shark. Yeah. <laughs> oh, she here comes. <laughs> Just doing laps out here. Yeah, it's yeah, it's going to be fascinating what happens to Ubisoft. Because yeah. again, I you know I talked uh, last week another story I'll drag back out. But remember yeah. when Vivendi was trying to take them over? Right. Yves Gaumont was out in front of like, hey, we're gonna we can't we have to keep being Ubisoft. And then they did, but then they. Hey, people really love these Assassin's Creed games, Origins, Odyssey, and then you keep making these giant games, right? Don't touch the TV. Kevin's going to get so mad at you, Ben. Ooh. <laughs> Kevin, you tell him. Ben, squirt bottle. Squirt bottle, Ben. What are you doing hiding over there? What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> he's like, look. Hey, I, you're he's not like, stealth. He's trying thoughts. to stealth mode right now. He's like, oh, they can see me, though. Okay. I have Ubi thoughts. <laughs> Give me the microphone. Let me talk about it. Let me tell you about Ubisoft. What happens from here on out? Uh, stock prices, hostile takeovers. More layoffs, more game uh, cancelizations. That's what you got to worry yeah, about. Yeah, really. yeah. No. We'll, we'll be here to talk about it each and every week, sometime with a baby. <laughs> <laughs> Number two on the Roper Report, ladies and gentlemen, the Silent Hill Silent Hill series producer wants more indie studios to pitch Silent to pitch Silent Hill games. This is Chris Scullion over at VGC. The series producer of Silent Hill says he wants to see even more indie studios making Silent Hill games. In a new interview with IGN Japan, uh, Motoi, uh, 
Okamoto, Okamoto uh, was asked about October's Silent Hill reveal stream in which a number of Silent Hill titles were announced, most of which being handled by indie developers. Quote, there's only so much we can do ourselves, which means we need to work with lots of different indie creators if we want to make lots of different Silent Hills, Okamoto replied. Quote, that's why we made moves to work together with people around the world who want to make Silent Hill games and approached Bloober Team as well as Annapurna Interactive and No Code. Uh, He went on to explain that the announced games didn't mark the end of Konami's plans for Silent Hill and that he was now actively accepting pitches from other studios. Quote, unfortunately, there are some projects that never actually got off the ground, he said. Still, I think a number of projects we have will only continue to grow. The fact that we're reviving Silent Hill was a secret until now, so we couldn't exactly go out and yell, hey, everyone, bring us your Silent Hill projects. We can do that now. So if creators around the world who love, oh, I'm sorry, who would love to bring, no, if creators around the world who love Silent Hill bring us their pitches, I promise to look through every one of them. We're all ears, end quote. Later in the interview, uh, Okamoto added, quote, I knew from the start of the project that just a single remake would not be enough for players to consider it a series revival. There were, unfortunately, some projects that never got started, but we've been talking with many creators and are still having lots of discussions for what to do going forward, end quote. Following months of speculation, Konami officially confirmed in October that Silent Hill 2 Remake is in the works with the Bloober team, uh, the Polish studio behind the Medium and Blair Witch. During the same announcement, Konami also revealed Silent Hill Townfall, which is in development at Scottish studio No Code and will be published by Annapurna Interactive. It also announced Silent Hill F, quote, a completely new story set in the 1960s Japan featuring a beautiful yet horrifying world, end quote. Meanwhile, Silent Hill Ascension... (laughs) An interactive streaming streaming series where the entire community shapes the canon of Silent Hill will launch in 2023. Silent Hill Beyond Good and Evil 2 coming to a it's just, console. It's the group. meme of like you want oh you want Silent Hill just fire up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ah, blasting them, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. On the one hand, all right, let's go. Let's yeah. get some more Silent Hill stuff. It's cool. As you read through it, it sounds kind of ridiculous. You know, like, how do you take the the small flame that people have for Silent Hill, you don't want to you know, put so much on it that you douse the flame and right. knock it out. You want it to grow. But overall, let's move aside from are there too many or not. I do really appreciate um, Okamoto being like, hey, bring us your pitches. Yeah. You know, to, again, to go from Ubisoft, who has all these great IPs that we aren't getting used, to come here and be like, hey, what do you want to do with Silent Hill? That's an awesome idea. I mean, the transparency is nice, too, right? To say, like, look, we know that this is also a thing that people want. This is a thing that people have been asking for for a long period of time. Now we're in a space where we can actually do something with it in the way that we had hoped. Even And and again, like, they have projects that are kind of going to be in the space that they are overlooking and they are going to be doing. It it, it does feel like how much Silent Hill is too much Silent Hill at a point. When, When you still haven't really, again, reintroduced... To the core audience. The, this, I mean, and I, I, we're old. You I, haven't introduced how many new generations? How many new? How many people are like have only heard old fogies like us on a podcast talk about Silent Hill? Or, or they've seen them not great versions of them, right? Yeah. They've yeah, seen yeah, them yeah. on Netflix or whatever the, the you know the channel has been to say like, oh, this is what this is, and this is kind of the memeification of what the idea was that made it good. I remember getting a chance to play the first Silent Hill and and going through and having that. You know, oh, two is my favorite. And that's how many years ago? Yeah, yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? And I think that's a part of the conversation. When, too. I, when I think back to a game and I think of my parents' basement, I'm like, oof, that's an old <laughs> game. <laughs> that, that, was, that feels very recent. It was not that recent, Not Greg. that recent, but yeah. I think that that's a part of the conversation, too. It feels like this is a going back to the well 
but you haven't introduced anyone to the well yet. And you're like, ooh, let's go back into the space that we've thought about. People have an affinity for. But I, th I think you have to do that. Where it's, it's an interesting conversation because I think what we've seen over a lot of the different games, and again, we'll go back to even The Last of Us, which isn't as old. Sure. But when a lot of people kind of poo-poo, they're like, oh, let's make a remake of a game and put it out in the market and then let people ingest that and then make the offshoot and the new thing. This is kind of a perfect space for that, right? Where you make those re-resed re up versions of what Silent Hill was, you know, add some flavor to it, make it, make it pretty or do all that kind of stuff so that when you do bring these other versions of it that are going to be detached from those stories anyway. And also, it sounds ridiculous when we list them. They're not all coming out on Friday. Right, 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 right. They're going to be spread out across a whole bunch of different versions and timeframes and all that kind of stuff. But it does say, hey, this IP, at least the name of it in your mind, will have relevance when we do it. So I'm happy to hear that they're thinking about it, but it also is going to be like, well, how do you bring that to the to people now? Well, yeah, because what you know, you know, Bloober team, <laughs> lots of people have opinions on. So if it's True. a swing and a miss on the remake of Silent Hill Two, and people play this, like, oh, this isn't scary, this isn't that good. I mean, the interesting thing though was, was I think F was the one that I was the one, the one that was most. All right, I'm with you. Silent Hill F, a completely new story set in the 1960s Japan, featuring a beautiful yet horrifying world. Yeah, with okay. like the, the face and the, and, the, and the stuff and all things like oh, that. The face, th yeah, the face. The face thing, right? And that was cool because I was like, oh, this is going to be a new take on this on this story in a way that I'm really excited about because it touches the kind of super weird stuff. It touches the gore stuff. Yeah. It touches all those things that me as a horror fan, that's what I'm really excited about. So it, it will really depend on like, do does Bloober nail it? And even if they don't, I think the bigger question is, does F nail it? Yeah. If F nails it, that will feel like the kind of you know resurgence of and there's of, also uh, that you know silent hill townfall right no code which i'm not familiar as a developer but annapurna's publishing they make and, bang I, and i do really like annapurna games yeah. most of the time so it's yeah. like okay cool like that could be something fun but again more than anything i just enjoy the producer being like yo pitch me yeah so mike biffle get off your ass all right Ooh, you know yeah he's all oh, i'm working Shout on i'm working mike. on a tron game get out of here <laughs> I'm like a horse uh, who who past the age of 75 knows about tron me <laughs> I was gonna say we're complaining <laughs> we, about being old about we. Tron and Silent Hill. I don't know where the guys to be like. You know what? We know what's hip with the kids. Get I'm, Ben back in here. I'm does root, he want I'm Silent root. Hill or does he want Tron? Ask him. I'm rooting for you, Mike Bithel. I want, I want that game to be dope. And he'll who make it, but oh, he will. It's it's Mike Bithel. I mean, he nailed Solitaire Conspiracy. That was had a really a, good game with cast. some guy in it. Had a great cast. Great cast. Me, Alana, <laughs> no big deal. Uh, number three on the Roper Report. NPD has revealed the best-selling games of 2022 in the United States. This is Tom Ivan at VGC. Market research company the NPD Group has revealed 2022's best-selling games in the United States. Activision's Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 came in at number one on the annual software sales chart after topping monthly sales in October, November, and December. It took the top spot ahead of Bandai Namco's Elden Ring, which NPD once tipped as its bet for the year's best-selling game following its blockbuster launch in February. The best-selling games of 2022 in the United States go... Number one, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. Number two, Elden Ring. Number three, Madden NFL 23. Number four, God of War Ragnarok. Number five, Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker Saga. Number six, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Number seven, FIFA 23. Number eight, Pokemon Legends Arceus. Number nine, Horizon Forbidden West. And number 10, MLB The Show 22. Uh, digital sales weren't included on Pokemon, both of them. 
Um, and then Xbox sales weren't included on MLB The Show. Uh, no Switch and Xbox digital sales. No, Xbox and D- Switch digital sales weren't included on MLB The Show either. Mm-hmm. Alongside the best-selling U.S. games of 2022, NPD also published a list of December's top-selling titles. They go, number one, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. Number two, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Number three, God of War Ragnarok. Number four, Madden NFL 23. Number five, FIFA 23. Number six, Sonic Frontiers. Number seven, Elden Ring. Number eight, Need for Speed Unbound. Number nine, Mario Kart 8. (laughs) Stop buying Mario Kart so we can get a new Mario Kart. And number 10, Crisis Core Final Fantasy 8 Reunion. No, 7 Reunion. I knew I didn't. I'm bad at Roman numerals. Hey. I just panic. It is what it is. I see it. I shouted it out. Seven. <laughs> Seven. <laughs> Ka. Yep. Best-selling games of 2022. Any surprises on there? You know what's funny? I think that <laughs> when I watch lists like this, the thing I always remark is for as much crap as industry folks talk about sports games, sports ball. Like, they do that a lot. I hate it. I hate it because yeah. I'm just like sports are an actual thing that people care about. If I have to hear one more time about some fucking loser anime, you know what I mean? Like, just get out. You know what I mean? Also, you don't see me out there bagging on it. You keep talking to me about one piece. You're going to get these two pieces. <laughs> um, but, I, but, I, but I think it's that conversation, too, of just seeing how that layer of the industry continues to move a ton, sure. ton of units. And it's a thing that I think a lot of people still care about, but it doesn't get the same coverage of that all these other things do. Um, so it, those are actually kind of like interesting layers of that. And also like Need for Speed Unbound being in any of those lists to me is an actual like, oh, that's an interesting thing. to Number eight for at. December. Yeah, yeah. Because that's a game that I didn't hear really get like lauded for anything. What besides I, bringing it back, bringing the series back and the music and the soundtrack. What, I, what it was lauded is, hey, they announced this two weeks ago and it's actually good. That's, right. That's yeah, what I already yeah, said yeah, about yeah, it. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. shoot. Okay, fine. Oh, okay. Yeah, this yeah, is yeah. Actually, actually decent. But that being in the list is also kind of cool and important. I think that's a, a thing that when we talk about diversity of games, when yeah. everybody's like, there's not enough stuff and there isn't games to play and those kind of stuff. Like, there is genre diversity across a lot of this list. And... Super Mario, I mean, uh, Mario Kart being of course, in there. Of it's course. never not going anywhere. It's Nintendo, going Nintendo. Continues Shout out for the thing. year for Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker saga. You know what I mean? We talk again about like, sure, the sports <laughs> stuff, you know, there's this big audience for Lego, you know, there's a big audience for, but I didn't hear people talk about Skywalker saga. Yeah. Like you, sometimes those games are a big, oh, everybody's playing them. And other times it's like, oh, okay, whatever. Yeah. And this was a, a whatever to a degree. What are you doing down there, Benny? He's going to sit there. He's going to sit in front of the Games Daily logo. Fine by me. Now you, now you got to get Lego on the screen. <laughs> God, I can't wait to play games with him. I That's can't wait to get so there. Dope. Yeah. Oh, he's, he's waving at the camera. <laughs> okay, okay, Benny. Wave again. <laughs> so audio listeners like, what is happening? The, the, be- the best over the thing, because the best thing about small children, because I'm around a, f- a bunch of folks who have small children, is pamper butt. Pamper butt oh, is yeah, the best such thing. Such an adorable little ass. You know what pamper I mean? butt. He's so great. He's a cutie. He's so cute. Yeah, but again, back to it. Yeah, the sports games sell. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's, it's always that thing where, you know, we are all so in our lane, our yeah. echo chamber, if you want to be one of yeah, those people, yeah. of like, hey, we love games. We talk about games. We live for games. Let's talk about this indie and straight did this and blah, blah, blah. And then it's like, cool. The vast majority of people <laughs> buying these machines are like, give me a triple A yep. Call of Duty. Give me a big budget God of War. Yep. Give me a sports game that I really, really love, and I'll buy it year after year. I mean, I wonder, too, when you think about, you know, look at the kind of larger scope of that conversation. Is that a, is that a fault of us as an industry for not broadening out our own horizons to be able to be better advocates for other games that are in that list? Or 
is it really that kind of echo chamber bubble thing that we see? Or is it a mix of those things of saying, you know, these folks have something, they have a, a small amount of time to play. These are things they've known. These are things they know they have to, to play with their friends sure. in, a, in a very specific way. Or those kind of, you know, God of Wars, which are the big tentpole things that get a lot of marketing, get a lot of people show, showcasing it, and is in spaces that other games aren't. Like, you know, God of War got an ad during this, not the Super Bowl, but like during NFL, the big NFL yeah, yeah. stuff, right? Like those things get those ad spots to be able to be in those places. I, indie studio is not going to be able to get that yeah. for, for what they're trying to do. How, is there I, a bridging of the gap there? That needs I love to the conversation. I, I don't look at it as a failing of us or our job yeah. or what, to evangelize games because it does come back to just the fact that the mainstream is the mainstream. And, yeah. I, and I use that in talking about myself and how little television I consume. You yeah. know what I mean? Like for me, my time is so limited for anything. And all I want to do is play games. That mm. it does, and even now, you know, being a dad in general and owning a business, like I don't play as many games as I'd love to play, you know, when I get home. It's, it is like you make those choices and you play the thing you got to play. And so I understand that there are so many people who do only own a console, a PC or whatever to play Call of Duty, to play their Madden with their friends like you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. And so I think that's a beautiful thing about it. And the hope always is, you know, everybody's trying to can convert that 1%, right? Of yep. like, if I can just get, that's why, you talk about being on front page of the eShop, getting yeah. on Xbox, getting an ad, doing all the stuff, because people are turning on their stuff for this, and then they have to go to that. And it's the same thing you see with movies all the time, right? Where yeah. it's like, you talk to anybody who covers movies the way we cover games, yeah. they're talking about this thing from A24, they're talking about this, but it's then the Avengers that go and make all the money, right? <laughs> Those are the things people go off to see, which I get and understand, because again, like, I don't go to the movies ever anymore, except yeah. for in review or, yeah, yeah, yeah. or Ghostbusters, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, it's that push and pull of how much time and how shattered everyone's attention is. It's oh, so horrible. That's hard too, because it is like at this moment, you have such a small window to capture people's attention. Mm -hmm. And if you miss mm -hmm. that window, I mean, again, we're going to talk about it with, you know, one of the conversations that are coming up in a question that, that's in, in the docket. But like that moment of the zeitgeist, feels even smaller than totally. it used to be. You used yeah. to have a week to like fully get your game out or your movie out in a way that people thought of, but like you saw the conversations around Netflix and all those other things like movies and, and shows kind of dropping off of services. Yeah. And me, I was like, well, there's like 7,000 other stuff that you can go watch now, but that, was a, that wasn't the thing 10 years ago. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it wants to be in a really interesting space. I don't think the gaming space has gotten to that point either, even with the streaming services of Game Pass and other stuff. Yeah. Where you are moving out of your comfort zone to try other stuff. And that hasn't really proliferated yet. Yeah. I mean, for the mainstream, for sure. Because yeah. it is like you jump into something, what is this? All right, I'm gone. Yeah. You, know, you have yeah. the first few seconds, those first few minutes. And that's why tutorials are always so tough of how mm. do you drop them in and what do you do? And then I would even say, since we're such a global industry, the way uh, a Japanese game starts is usually often, not usually, often different than in a Western game. Oh, for and sure. So then it's like, now you're dealing with like, how do you convert somebody who's just playing, and I'm not even taking a shot, but Madden or the show or even Call of Duty, yeah. just playing one of the tent poles to then try something that we think is really cool, but it's always, it gets good it, it gets good five hours in. It gets, uh, once you get into the open oh. world, it's great. Well, fuck that. If I'm not into it, like, why would I not be into it? I don't have that time either at this point. Exactly, right? Yeah, That's the yeah. other thing for me. Yep. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you have the time for us. If you go to patreon.com slash kindoffunny, we can save you some time and give you each and every episode of the show ad-free. We can let you record the podcast like the Kind of Funny podcast with Poe later today. You could watch it for free. Well, not for free. You're paying for it, but you, get, you know what I'm saying. You'd watch it. And then, of course, you get 38 episodes of bonus content, including your daily Gregways, all on patreon.com slash kindoffunny. But 
You're not listening to patreon.com slash kindoffunny. So here's an ad about patreon.com slash kindoffunny. This week on Patreon, the next-gen crew of Kinda Funny, myself, Barrett, Joey, and Roger, did a fantasy film draft picking which movies we think are going to be the best reviewed, and we had some wild choices. This third one is about to pop off with one Jonathan Majors, because he's looking a God big, thick boy. He has a Creed 3, baby. He has a killing me, man. Go. Not even on my list. <laughs> Roger, how what is, is that your not on your list? <laughs> Dune 2. Right, mm, like that's no. gonna be Mark a banger. Yeah. We have Austin Butler. Wasn't he like a child star in something? Yeah. Zoe one. Yeah. Zoe one. Oh he's the, my god! He's, the, he's like the bad boy. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> my dude. Oh, oh my god. My god. Oh man, I love that dude. Can we draft a like, movie DLC? <laughs> <laughs> trailer. Uh, I would like to draft an unannounced Marvel like post credit yeah. scene. Like, Head over to Patreon.com/slash kind of funny to listen to this and hundreds of other exclusive episodes right now. Thanks, Blessing. Everybody watch the Next Gen Podcast. Before we even get to it, one comment went by, and yeah. it got under my skin, oh. so let's go to it. Oh. Nightlife 2021 says, Greg knows they are part of the problem, and they do fail, they do fall, is what he writes, to promote, I think he means fail, to promote smaller mm. games. Come on. Outrageous. Here's- I try all the time to promote smaller games. The problem is that in exactly what we're talking about, you if I was to put the headline as we review this new indie, that episode gets seven to eight thousand views. Here's an interesting part of that comment too. Y'all did a whole ass showcase. Twice! Twice! We did a kind of funny game showcase <laughs> twice trying twice. to do this. Trying and it was like work. pulling teeth to get you to fucking watch it, nightlife. I mean, look. The, the the truth is in that is in that statement. It's like it is hard to get folks to really pay attention to those things, but y'all did that work. And I think again, it's you, I think we've both mentioned some of your lane, right? Yeah. It's that idea of like, what are we trying to accomplish with it? And kind of funny is just, hey, here's the games. Well, Games Daily is the news, obviously, but yeah. the rest of the games content is here's what we're playing. Here are the stories we're talking about in gaming. And so, first off, I, I disagree. Nightlife. Now, if you're talking about like. The one developer, they uploaded it to Steam. It's only there. Yes, we're missing those games. We sure. talk about a lot of indies. We do a lot of stuff with indies here, I'd like to think. Not as much as a million other places, but again, that's what we are. We're this motley crew. We're this collective of what have you been playing and what's going on. And often, yeah, it is the games that speak to us are bigger titles, AAA, stuff like that. But again, the beauty of that is nightlife. If you feel that way, you should be evangelizing other podcasts that are out there doing it. Uh, the Indie 619 podcast, right? That's, that's not their name. That's not right. That's, that's Ray Mysterio. You know what I'm uh, talking about. I know now. what you're talking about. Yeah. 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 I can't, I can't remember the name. Yeah, what's that fucking show? Oh, that's the trophy room. But there, but there are a lot of shows right now that are covering strictly just indie stuff. There's a lot of those folks. Six one indie. Six one indie. Indie six one nine is Ray Mysterio's yes. indie games channel. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I would urge you to listen to six one indie if you're looking for more because they are specifically doing. Hey, we are out there doing the indie, like the small, small, small games. There's a lot of that stuff, and, and there's full showcases that are doing that work in in bigger and broader ways. Fan of and friend and friend of the show of, of Spawn on Me, Kim Chica, and the rest of that crew. They do fantastic indie showcases all the time about all the stuff that's coming up and, and, and coming out into the world. So there is like I, I think that there's a layer of that conversation that always I always like to put the onus back on the viewer and the player as well to say, like, you have an ability to at this point, you are not of a, in a dearth of, of ways to get information. Right. Right. It's like there are ways to find that stuff out and to evangelize it on your own, too. Get out there. Help an indie developer. Tweet at them. Today. Share their game. Today. <laughs> Support independent content creators as well, right? Today. I'll tell you what. This Lucy James at Giant Bomb, she's stealing from you, everybody. <laughs> Support a kind of funny. A spawn on me, right? Don't you hate Lucy James? Look, I'm living in a shack. 
I need money. Look at I this. need help. And Lucy this, James, I Queen England over here. You know what I this mean? This isn't even mine. I, I had to, this is on layaway. <laughs> yeah, the tags are on the back. You're going to return it when you leave. Taking this back to the store. As soon as I Number four, them. Google Stadia has released one final game ahead of its shutdown on January 18th. This is Adam Bankhurst at IGN. And you might say, wow, a Google Stadia headline. I got another one for you after this one. Uh, Google Stadia is officially shutting down on January 18th. And the team behind the video game streaming service has gifted the world worm game. The final title that we released for the platform and one that was used to test many of Stadia's features before it launched. Worm Game can be played now by anyone with a Google Chrome browser, and it is very much inspired by the classic game Snake. It's not the most advanced game graphically, but it does have multiple levels, the ability to change the color of your worm, <laughs> and four modes, campaign, arcade, multiplayer, and build. It's also important to note, that if you'd like to try Worm Game, you also need to do it by January 18th. This will become unplayable when Google Stadia is officially shut down. Time-released game. <laughs> like, oh, you can play it, but you have a short amount of time to get it. Like, Speaking of the shutdown, number five on the Roper Report, Google Stadia is enabling Bluetooth on controllers. Uh, this is a tweet from Stadia that read, uh, We've also got Bluetooth news. Next week, we'll be releasing the self-serve tool to enable Bluetooth connections on your uh, Stadia controller. We'll share those details here on release. Whew. I, it's the, the, the most connection that I've had to Stadia since being being a founder, I support it. I'm a founder too. Founder support it. Uh was turning on my Chromecast <laughs> the other day and seeing the controller prompt. Like, oh yeah, that thing. For yeah. it and being like, oh yeah, I do have that in the basement somewhere. I'm trying to that. organize all my the like the ancient tech or whatever. Yeah, and like, yeah. yeah, I have like all these streaming controllers and like I have two stadium ones. And I'm like, oh god damn, what the hell? I feel like this is like in the same way that all those ET cartridges found themselves in the desert. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great, it's a good controller. No, the controller is great. Like I think I the I was on um, another podcast. Uh, shout out to the friends over at DLC, Jeff Kanata. Oh, yeah. uh, talking about this the other night and the interesting thing was i was like the best mashup that we can find right now for this uh kind of use case what if you were using your stadia controller on your steam deck yeah. that would be the kind of yeah. like if you're gonna use it and you needed something in a pinch yeah it would work yeah, it's a Bluetooth yeah, yeah. controller yeah, you'd be yeah, able yeah. to do it so if you have one you know that might be the best way to kind of use it and not throw it in the garbage. Are you jumping on today to play Worm Game because you only have two more days to play? O only to change the color of my worm. Okay, good. <laughs> it's the, it's the, o it's the well, only it's, reason. Yeah. It's the only reason. I, I mean, look, I, I, the the only the only part of that that it sounds exciting is the fact that it's gonna go away. So. <laughs> I'm not excited about that, Greg. What a ridiculous that. like. Yeah, I mean, like I don't know. It's I feel like. When we talk around here about PlayStation VR 2 yeah. and PlayStation VR, yeah, yeah. we're always talking about how well PlayStation VR was pitched. Mm. Of, hey, we're starting from scratch. This is a new thing. We're trying it. We're excited about it. We hope you are too, but you're not going to be playing The Last of Us on this. This is, a, this is a tech test we're doing with you, and we hope you enjoy it kind of thing. Yeah. And then you look at that of like, man, did they fuck up the messaging of Google Stadia, where they were like, we are out here to compete with your consoles and PC gaming, and then they immediately shit the bed and could not do that, and they couldn't do any of the features they promised. Not any, but most of the features they promised. It was like, oof. Their yeah. launch lineup, oof. It's yeah. just like, man, you rushed this out the door, and you paid for it, and now it's gone. And it's... You know, I think people get so we talk about VR and how exciting that space was a few years ago, and all these people are in it, and now it's cool, and then it is what it is, and we'll see what happens with PlayStation VR two and, and uh, you know Quest as it continues to be a success. But this is the same thing where streaming is such a cool idea, 
And there's ways to do it, and this wasn't the way to do yours. Because, you know, Poe's in town, my best friend. We wanted to play Fortnite with his son back in Chicago. And it was that thing where I came down. I'm like, all right, cool. The PlayStation's going. I don't even know if I have Fortnite installed on the Xbox. Mm-hmm. So I started doing it. And he's like, well, we're supposed to be on in 10 minutes. And I'm like, it doesn't matter. Because if it doesn't work, I'll pop my phone. And I'll, yeah. I'll use the cloud. And I'll have it instantaneously. And it's like, what an awesome backup option. What an awesome option to get in and do your dailies. What are you like? That's how this is. It's augmenting something you're already in the ecosystem of, whereas Google Stadia wanted you to come in and be the thing. Well, I also think it was like the thing about Google Stadia is they had the they had the idea kind of right. Like if you think about where we are now, streaming is was a thing even five, six years ago. I remember being at GDC and hearing Phil Spencer talk about in a very small room talking about this is what we're going to build with Azure. We're going to do all this stuff and and cloud gaming is going to be a thing that we're going to potentially talk about and get into. Yeah. It feels like Sadie was just too early, right? Mm -hmm. They didn't have the infrastructure there, which again is like a, a, especially in the U S where huge huge swaths of the internet isn't really in, in a lot of spaces and the infrastructure wasn't there, but the conversation was right. They just were maybe a little bit too early for their See, own. See, here's I'll argue against that. Yeah, I don't yeah. think it was that they were early. I think it's that they were too bullish and naive. Because if we're talking early, I remember Scott Lowe having me play Arkham Asylum on on live, sure, on, sure, a, on sure, a pad sure. or whatever. And I'm like, damn, this was, and it wasn't great. Yeah. <laughs> but it wasn't great. Right. But like Stadia was the idea of like they mismessaged everything. If but, they would have been like, listen, this is a ground floor thing. You are getting involved. We are figuring it out. Like, let's let's learn about this together. It wouldn't have been exciting. It wouldn't have been a giant presentation and like it, what Google wanted it to be. But I also don't think Google wanted it to be this very public failure. Well, I also think, uh, and let me push back on your pushback. Right? Sure. Ooh, is pushing. is we're pushing? Uh, is I think the only way to kind of move that conversation in this ecosystem now is you have to go bold. I think in that same conversation about like, how do you break through the noise and break through the chaff? Yeah. Even if you, and again, having worked in so many tech spaces for so long, one of the biggest kind of things that they talk about is disruption, fail fast. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like all of those things are part of that conversation too, right? Where you have this huge, huge company in Google that is synonymous with the internet in the way that it works. And I think to get that initial push in a a way that has done it, because I think even if you think about the VR space, VR has been around for 30 years, right? But the way that VR is talked about is in very hushed tones. Yeah. And that's because they understand that they're not ready yet to be... They're not primetime players. Primetime in that space, too. So I think to, to break through, I think the conversation had to be big, but they just weren't ready for it like we... Like. It, it, I agree with the conversation needed to be big to break through, but no. it was totally an Emperor Has No Clothes situation. I also, they broke through and like, ah, and then guess what? We're closing the studios and they're making the exclusive. So why the fuck would I care about this? I mean, I also think, you know, to, to, to the grand scheme of like, who are the people who are bringing you the information? Yeah. I think that's a big part of it too, right? Like, I think there is a layer of trust that Phil Spencer has gathered and has earned in a lot of different ways to kind of give you that glimpse into the future and say, we are thinking about this in this way. Sure. Phil Harrison didn't have that. 100%. Google lot. didn't have that. Google didn't have that in yeah. that way. And I think that's a big part of that conversation. And again, too. this is the, you know, the, prob- the problem, the, the uh, equation we're working with where, again, for Xbox, xCloud was never, this is what our business is. Yeah. Right? Yeah, Whereas yeah. Stadia was like, this is what our business is. And we clearly haven't thought it all the way through and we're rushing it to market. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, Bluetooth controllers now. And hey, again, good on them for doing the refunds. 
Yeah. I, I re- read that headline, and then like the day later, I had the email from Google, like, we're sending it back to your credit card. I was like, okay. <laughs> that card doesn't work anymore. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what happened? Like, and then like, we need your help. I'm like, God damn it. I don't even know what card that was on. Number six, the European Union is reportedly preparing to challenge Microsoft's Activision Blizzard deal. This is Ryan Dinsdale at IGN.com. The European Union, EU, is reportedly planning to submit a statement of objections to Microsoft regarding its acquisition of Activision Blizzard. Sources familiar to the matter told Reuters that Microsoft is likely to receive an EU antitrust warning regarding its 68.7, just say 69, (laughs) billion acquisition of the Call of Duty and World of Warcraft publisher, adding to the growing list of organizations raising concerns about the deal. The statement of objections uh, charge sheet is expected to be sent in in the coming weeks, though Microsoft has seemingly maintained that it's confident in the deal's success. Quote, we're continuing to work with the European Commission to address any marketplace concerns, it said. Our goal is to bring more games to more people, and this deal will further that goal, end quote. Hmm. Is this going to happen? The, the bigger question for me is less about if it happens or not, but if it doesn't happen, does that, does that change the positioning for Microsoft in the way that it kind of currently sits, mm. right? Like, I think... I think a lot of people are thinking about this in that bigger, you know, besides the monopoly kind of conversation that's in there. I think people are looking at this deal and saying, if they get this to come through, they are automatically in first place. And they've automatically kind of thrust themselves in a position of power yeah. in a way that no one else will really be able to kind of deal with them in that way. And I'm like, look, at this point, tell me when the deal is done. Like, I don't care. Like, all the minutia of, like, this money and that money and, and people are complaining about this thing and that thing. And, like, at this point, tell me if it got done or not. And then I can make a good decision about, like, does that actually affect the way I play things? Does it actually affect the things that I'm thinking about for the future of that console, that ecosystem, that kind of stuff? Do you feel like if they don't get this done, that they wind up having egg on their face in a way that diminishes the brand in some way? Egg on their face, yes. Mm. Does it hurt the brand? That's we remain to be seen. Sure. If I think what would be the one two punch there is if the deal fell, got canceled. Yeah. Uh, it didn't work out, and then it was also Redfall, mm. seven point five. Uh, Starfield, eight. It was fun. It wasn't like that's where it's like, mm-hmm. man, Microsoft isn't delivering on exclusives, and they lost this deal. Like they are down on their luck, kind of thing. And even then. That's us talking about it, not the world, I feel like. Right, yeah. I don't, I don't think the people at home who are like, I want my Madden are like... I'm really following this with bated breath, this Activision. They're like, what's happening in the EU? I'd like to find out what's going on over there. Wow. Like, what's that? Wow. Like, I doubt that that's going to be a thing, right? I doubt any of that's going to come to the come to the forefront in that conversation. But I, I do think that it will be something where that conversation does rebubble itself up. Because that's... Let's be honest and be fair. Like, I think that is the conversation that people who are not looking forward to uh, Xbox doing well are harping on. They're like, look, they don't have good games. Their games aren't coming to market. They've bought all these studios and nothing has kind of transpired from that. Yeah. What, do we, what does this mean for, for the folks? I think the folks who are already in the ecosystem, who are already on Team Green for that, I think to a certain extent, they don't care either. They're like, this will be a fun addition to what it means. Oh, man, cool. Game us. Pass. Just more additions throw to it Game in, Pass. Throw yeah. it in Game Pass. Yeah. And, and I'll get it when I get it, right? Yeah. And, and then everybody else is like, I don't know what to do with that information. So it'll, it'll be really cool to see what happens. Uh, That's the main thing. I'm just, and I'm not, I don't want to fall into the, I'm sick of this story, but it just seems like 
Every day. They're okay. <laughs> They're not okay. Sony said this. And it's like, all right, can we speed this up? Yeah. Can we just get in a room and argue with each other? And like, say fight it out, right? do the 12 Angry Men, and it will, we will be it done. it never happens. Also, very old reference. I know. Like I hear you. <laughs> Number seven. Oh, crap. No, okay. Oof. <laughs> I, I am. I have Don't to call, you give me a heart attack. I have to call in for jury duty today, and I was like, "Is it Tuesday?" Oh no, okay, it's Monday. Oh. It's Monday. Okay, I got to call in tonight. I got to call in. See, tonight. look at that. We're we're right there. Number seven, awesome. In final of the report for the day, uh, awesome games done quick. Twenty twenty three raises over two point six million dollars for the Prevent Cancer Foundation. This is Adam Bankhurst at IGN.com. Awesome games done quick. The week long twenty four hour video game speed running marathon that raises money for charity has just raised over two point six million dollars for the Prevent Cancer Foundation. Foundation. According to Game Done Quick's official website, AGDQ 2023 featured 150 speedruns and raised a total of $2.6 million. I'm rounding up, sorry. Yep. Uh, from th- about 40,000 donations from about uh, 22,000 donors. The max donation was $100,000. The average donation was $66.36, and the median donation was $25. AGDQ uh, set a new Games Done Quick record by raising over $3.4 million for the Prevent Cancer Foundation. And while this year's uh, event didn't quite break any new records, it's still an incredible accomplishment to the team that has accomplished uh, and made a difference for so many. The the next big event for Games Done Quick will be Summer Games Done Quick 2023 from May 28th to June 4th. Last year, SGDQ raised a total of $3.01 million for Doctors Without Borders. Throughout the event, which ran on Twitch from January 8th through the 15th, speedrunners from around the world showed off their amazing skills for a good cause. Uh, there were a ton of incredible moments during the marathon, including when at I'm Not Jay uh, set a new world record for Super Mario Galaxy 2. Yeah. Awesome. Every, every year, they knock it out of the park. Yeah. It's, it's always good to see... Again, I think a lot of folks, when they're in the weeds, they think about all those kinds of conversations about, oh, again, like the merger or this game didn't sell well, this kind of stuff. There's always good happening within the space. Yep. And it's and it's a lot of it is player driven and a lot of it is fan driven is all that kind of stuff. It's great to see them continue to kind of push the barriers up and, and raise more money. And it connected with an audience, right? I think that's the coolest thing about it, that, that they keep growing. Right? Yeah, they I remember have an when they started and it was like such a small thing. And now every year, like I see the tweets, I see, oh my God, it's happening. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Super cool. Ka, I can't wait for summer games done quick, but May 28th to June 4th is so far away. If I wanted something more immediate, say what came to the mom and grop shops, where would I go? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform is listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Host Show each and every weekday. Yeah. Out today, there's a trial for The Last of Us Part 1. On or, uh, There's a trial for The Last of Us Part 1 uh, on PlayStation Plus Premium. If, so if you've got a PlayStation Plus Premium member... You can try Last of Us Part 1. <laughs> maybe you've never heard of it. Maybe you're coming off the game you're exi- or the show you're excited. Uh, new dates for you. Developer Game Science has announced that its Chinese folklore RPG Black Myth Wukong mm-hmm. will be released in the summer of 2024. And Friday the 13th Killer Puzzle is being pulled from sale next week. Damn. Who like, knew? I, I want to know what's going on. Who killed that? Snake. The snake game. The snake got it. It's just like, hey, oh, it's working for Google, it was like, Google Stadia. It's working for Google Stadia. We'll do it too. Uh, deals of the day for you. Death's Door on PlayStation 5 is 20 bucks on Ooh. Amazon today as well. Ka, 
Which story? You mentioned one of the questions. Yeah. Which one do you want? Because we got time for one. I'll slide one in here. I think the uh, the Callisto Protocol one. Cozy Bear writes in to kindoffunny.com slash KFGD, just like you can to be part of the show, and says, The Callisto Protocol has fallen well short of publisher Crafton's sales expectations. Do you think we'll ever see a sequel, or are we in store for something dramatically different next from Striking Distance? I think this goes right back to that part of the conversation earlier from the Ubisoft story was like, I don't think that companies have a lot of legroom or leeway, I should say, to fail on a project, right? Sure. The conversation about like what is a successful title, I think, has also shifted in the past yeah. five to six years. And you have, you know, this this game had Glenn Schoenfeld, one of the biggest names on the Call of Duty side, come over and, and build a studio with veteran folks who are building that game. And they still haven't gotten out of the shadow of Dead Space. Oh, yeah, yeah, right? yeah. How are you going to do that? Yeah. And you can't in, a, in, a, in, that, in that same way. But I think, like, do you wind up seeing something different from them? It'll really depend on how much, uh, you know, how, much, how many sales do they get? Will they be able to kind of pull that stuff in through other ecosystems? And, and, you know, will you see a sale? And does that build in some more people kind of buying that game and checking it out? It's really about the numbers on that as, as opposed to, like, the vibe of what the audience uh, felt. Yeah, there's so many pieces to it, and I think, you know, you talk about Glenn and his reputation, you talk about it being a successor to Dead Space, yep. uh, you know, a franchise EA famously canceled because they were like, this is not moving enough units for yep. it, so let's jump in there, yep. and it really comes down to, I think, what did Crafton expect from this, yeah. right? They're going to go out there, and they're going to do this, and they're going to help this studio, and they're like, what were your expectations for it? If you're, uh, it missed the story. Uh, this is from, I'm reading right now, from yeah. uh, Bloody Disgusting, Mike Wilson, uh, Per GamesIndustry.biz uh, analysts uh, have lowered sales targets for the Callisto Protocol, citing the game's current sales. According to analyst firm Samsung Securities, publisher Crafton's expected sales of the Callisto Protocol were in the 5 million copies range, but now state that the cumulative sales of 2 million copies will not be easy until this year, end quote. Uh, as for why the game hasn't performed up to financial expectations, uh, news a uh, uh, yeah, Jan Hop news agency site Chaodicy attributes the reception of the Callisto Protocol to its focus on development. Quote, the problem is that Crafton spent a significant amount of money on the production of the Callisto Protocol, end quote. Indeed, Crafton's business report and quarterly uh, report states that the company paid about $158 million to Striking Distance Studio last year. Coupled the game's mixed reception upon release and the decision to adjust the game's sales forecast sadly comes as no surprise. Mm. And so that is so core to the conversation that we've had throughout today of Ubisoft and people buying things and then with this and what are your expectations? And it does become that a big company comes in yep. and like you could, let's even apply this thing, you know, just games journalism. A big, huge company comes in and starts a website thinking this will be great mm -hmm. and then it doesn't get the numbers it wants and then it's not sticking around for the investment and cuts and runs on those people, right? It can be the same thing here. In the old days, Cozy Bear, what I would tell you is you are going to get a sequel for the Callisto Protocol. Right. They've made a franchise. They've done this thing. They have all this pedigree. They're going to go with it. I don't know what Crafton thinks about and wants out of this. And again, you're talking about you know the PUBG company. Yeah. And when they announced this game was, oh, it's going to be in the PUBG universe. They then backed off of that because the story got crazy and they why even do this. Right. And so now it's like, are you going to see a similar Ubisoft thing? Because again, anytime you're dealing with a bigger company, it's the people at the top that are going to be like, listen fucking cut the shit with trying to make new games just make more PUBG shit that is really cool and sings like we're killing it on mobile we have this thing why not go that direction and then you cut and run on whatever Callisto 2 would have been they probably have one other game in them to make after this because and again the, the wild thing about all of this was 
They also talked about the DLC stuff that's going to be in there, all the other executions and stuff that's still. Remember, yeah, out. yeah, they they announced a season pass, which loosely is you know it's more like hey, we have a bunch of content coming that starts in February with New Game Plus. Like they are trying, right. they are trying to make you. Oh, maybe we can buy. Maybe we can kind of have a smaller cyberpunk moment of like people didn't like this, but we fixed this and did this. Yeah, so I, it'll it'll be interesting to see like where they land in that conversation. But I think most studios. In the circles that I'm hearing about different conversations about games and the way game development works is like you have really the one shot to get that first thrust into the public pu- public space, and then if you don't hit that if you don't hit that mark, you have to try to figure out ways to recoup that money, and you have to try to figure out good ways to recoup that energy around your studio, and you wind up getting maybe just one more shot to kind of do that, or you have to fold fold up shop. So yeah. Yeah. we'll see about striking distance. I think again, like I- I'm still messing around with that game i haven't played a lot of it yet but even the small bits that i did play is still interesting in the way that they're kind of going about it i i really liked close Park. yeah i remember your review and, and, and so that's the thing about it. and of course you know we did sponsored uh, streams with them so yeah. i totally understand if you don't want to trust me on it but sure. I'm, I'm the dead space guy yeah i was excited for a modern dead space is it dead space of course no. not no not that at all but i i enjoyed the melee combat i thought that was different i enjoyed how the visual spectacle of it i totally get why that's not some people's cup of tea or whatever but i was and am hopeful and excited for what the sequel would be, what they would improve from that, what they would take away from that. Do they get the shot at it? Does Crafton let them do that, or do they pull the plug? You have to wait and see. I mean, think about Assassin's Creed 1. That game wasn't the jam. Yeah. It was not. Assassin's Creed 2 brought it home, right? Yeah. And I was thinking that kind of moved the rest of that franchise forward. So I hope they get an, another chance at it and they get to build on it, because I love worlds like that. So yeah. That'll be cool. We ask you, of course, to write into kindoffunny.com slash KFGD to be part of the show and to squad up. Today, it's our own Patreon producer, Delaney Twining, writing in. Uh, Delaney wants help on Marvel Snap PvP. Apparently, <laughs> this is what Delaney wrote. Uh, the, their Marvel Snap username is Dbag Twining. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to play against some KFBFs in Snap. I usually get between 35 and 50 in the season, but I'm willing to take some losses to learn new strategy. Thanks, Delaney, the, st- the psalm twining. So if you want to play, uh, did the PvP, did, it didn't launch yet, did it? Uh, I don't I'm think usually so. I'm usually up I don't on remember. Marvel Snap business. I didn't know if that happened. I, I gave, up, I gave up on Snap. Snap Snap was too... What? I gave up on it. What? It's too much. It's too much. It's too much. It's too much. Okay, too not much yet. Stuff. Just making sure. It's not too much. It's amazing. It's a fantastic game. Everybody should play it. D-Bag Twining, I'll be coming for your ass. There's a whole song about D-Bags. Anyway. We asked the people... We won't sing the song. There's nope. a, we asked the people <laughs> watching uh, live on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames and, of course, youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames to write in uh, and tell us what we get, get wrong as we get it wrong. They can write in kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. And we read the corrections here. So people watching later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames and listening on podcast services around the globe are happy. Uh, Andy's favorite fucking loser wrote in and said, Greg, the word is cancellation, not cancelization. Which is 100% true, and that is definitely one of my ticks. You know, like, similar to how somebody's up on the roof. Like, I understand. I'm saying it wrong. I will try to be better about it. You are right. Cancellation is correct. You though. Midwestern son of a gun. I know. I'm the worst. Alan wrote in and said, you forgot, to, uh, you forgot to acknowledge today is Martin Luther King Day, one of the most important holidays in America. Would love for Kind of Funny to not forget these holidays that are especially important to us black folks who watch the show. Uh, understood. You made a joke to it, but I should have said something at the top of the show. You're, that's a good point. Usually what's happening is the days are just moving so fast that I don't ever think about what's actually happening in the real world. Yeah. That's a great one, and I, I wish you a happy Martin Luther King Day. Reasonable. And then Nano writes in and says, the roller derby game you guys you couldn't remember is Roller Champions. Roller Champions. There it is. There it is. Shout out to Roller Champions. 
Shout out to Roller Champions and a shout out to you. Thanks for watching this episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily. Your week looks like this. Tuesday, it's Blessing and Tim hosting. Wednesday, it's Blessing and me hosting. Thursday, it's Blessing and Tim. Friday, it is Tim and Blessing. If you are watching live on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames and or youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, you are about to get KFFL. The Kind of Funny Football League is back with Andy and Mike. They are storming into the playoffs. What was it? Get in the car, you fucking loser or whatever, Andy. Andy's very official, I uh, think. Uh, the playoffs are here, baby. Get with the f- get with the program, you fucking loser. And he spelled it U with just the letter U. Just the U. U. Oh, just God. The U. Oh, God. God damn. Uh, of course, you can catch more Kind of Funny Games daily each and every weekday here on twitch.tv slash games, youtube.com slash games. Get all the shows ad-free on patreon.com slash kindoffunny. And of course, watch it later on youtube.com slash games and podcast services around the globe. Before we leave, Kyle, where can people keep up with you? Uh, Spawn on Me is everywhere you want to be, all podcast platforms all around the world. Twitch.tv slash Spawn on Me. We'll be doing our next second annual Spawnies Award show. It'll be me and Rihanna Manuel Pena hosting the show, bringing you dopeness everywhere. No Danny, though, right? Danny? No Danny. I don't want Danny. I want Danny on the show, but he's too big for us now. I, I, I'm hope when you're a Hall of Famer, I, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta. He's pay always up. walking around being all smug in that Last of Us jacket. Just I wish I had one too. The Carhartt one was. Yeah, so nice. I have, I have one, but it's this color. But then he got the cool black one. I was like, oh man. I mean, I don't know, but you can check out all that stuff everywhere you go on the podcast platform. Year ten is in full effect, so come check it out. Go check it out, ladies and gentlemen. And until next time, no, it's been our pleasure to serve you.